So, first of all, well, side note, we find out Diavolo is 30 to 40. Sure. Okay. Uh, we, no, right. I think we knew way back when that he was, I, I think we knew his like rough age. Right, because of that picture in Sardinia, we were oh, able okay. to kind of guesstimate. Well, no, I think someone actually even says it. Oh, sure. So we're like the same age as Diavolo. Yeah. Roughly yeah. 30 to 40. Yeah, 30 to 40. All of us. <laughs> who amongst, you know what, today, who doesn't feel like they're about 40 years old? Like, I mean, I am almost 40 years old, but I, if you were like, actually, we, we calculated it wrong, you're 55. I'd be like, I feel that way. That's correct. <laughs> That is a mood. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Darius Kazemi. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And today we're going to talk to you about the most delicious meat. (laughs) (laughs) It's a vegetarian humans, right? Yes. I mean, I knew that from watching Hannibal, really. I knew that from eating lots of different humans. Oh. Well, that's how you, the best way. I mean, how many pieces of bread have you eaten in your life? Have you mostly eaten pieces of bread? Then I'm going to eat you. That's how it goes. Yeah, that is, that's a pretty good rule. Whoever's eaten the most pieces of bread gets eaten. (laughs) Did a bread write this? Yeah. Um. (laughs) No, breads don't want to be eaten. That's what I'm saying. So they want whoever eats them to be eaten themselves. Oh, I see. So you're you're thinking that's a long thought. It's like a (laughs) bread revenge. Yeah. 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 Bread carceral state. Yeah. So this episode opens at a restaurant with some people who are currently dead. The restaurant. Yeah, the one restaurant in Italy. And they're all having a meal. Yeah, Mista's eating a meal with a bunch of ghosts and Fugo. I was going to say, it was like a bunch of people who are dead and also Fugo. Remember four days ago when everyone was alive? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that we discovered that the calculation was wrong. And actually, this whole season takes place over three hours. Yeah. Who knew? Amazing. Yeah, they get a, they really they drive fast. Yeah, I last count. I think this is like day five, like the fight, the final fight. I yeah, to, I think so too. Yeah. I think it's five days. I mean, I feel like after we got to day three or four, it was clear that we were wrong. Yes. Yeah. And that it but I still really enjoy yeah. how confident we were that we were right. Yeah, <laughs> we were like four months. We were like no, <laughs> at least. But yeah, so they're they're hanging out and Mista, uh, obviously, great table companion, perfectly yeah. appropriate subject to have. You want to know how humans taste, you know, how, well, how your friends feel about how that's fair. Taste. Yeah. Um, and then but then it jumps back. So like what's happening is the animation team is folding in the last issue of the manga into this final part right. of the anime. And you've seen this whole episode now, so we can say that they do jump back to this after a bunch of action happens. And to me, that, the the kind of interspersing, like a, a quieter, more characterization-intense backstory with a dense, weird stand battle, later on in arcs 6, 7, and 8, my favorite aspects of like Iraqi storytelling generally do that. They'll be like this really intense stand battle. And then like there are a few pages of that. And then there will be a few pages of this like totally different, very quiet um, character driven story. And they, those two things like kind of build to a climax together and you get more out of both of them. That That's way. not what's happening here though. What's happening here is no, we get is a little bit <laughs> and then it just goes back to the battle. And then when the battle's over, it goes back to the thing. And it rather confusingly follows a bird in the sky to transition you as if it is happening at the same time, which I'm like, wait, yes. what, guys. And it feels to me like a Rocky who hadn't really developed this 
that style of storytelling yet and therefore just put his quiet story like in its own section at the end. It feels to me like David Productions is almost like looking to his future style for inspiration on like how to make them fit more together, but it just doesn't really work. Not quite, but I appreciate the attempt. B plus effort. Yeah. But yeah, so like the opening is like this very confusing prequel because it's like dinner. No, wait, we're still punching Diavolo in the face. And that's the opening credits again. And they're new opening credits. They are. And they are. The good version opening credits. Yeah, by far the best from this season. I do think that they clearly mapped this one out and then they took things away from it to walk it back to sort of the the version that's been playing the whole season. And I think that was the wrong move. Oh, there's a, there was a, um, right. a translated interview I was reading from one of, from a couple of the directors from this season. And I tried to dig it up earlier and I couldn't find it, but I'll, I'll try some more later. It was only in Japanese. So I had to run it through, through Google translate, but the interviewer asked them about showing uh Giorno with like Dio's in the Dio's the pose style. Yeah. Right. And they were like, oh, yeah, we just thought that would be kind of like fun to throw in. So we did. Yes. <laughs> Please wish they had thrown in more of that. Like that that's one of the things that I am saddest about is like the when you when you're like, all right, high concept Dio with Jonathan's body has a kid shit that could happen. Yeah. Go like I don't feel like that ever got really fleshed out or explored much other than like, you know, he hit puberty and suddenly his hair went blonde and he likes to call people useless. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, like, good start, keep going, you know, like. I mean, I think Gold Experience itself, like, it, it's Hammond. Uh, yeah, you know, I see that, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think that I just really want more cheap fan service of posing Giorno like Dio, is what I'm saying. Fair enough. It's, it's and, and not that hard to please. I mean, he is uh, surrounded by uh, the lifeless husks of beautiful boys, so. <laughs> but that's not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I realize that like it could go very poorly, and I don't want something. It's just I, it may. I was so happy. I was like, oh my god, he's supposed like Dio, and I'm like, okay, obviously there's something there that needs feeding. Like I'm just like I want more. Basically, Jorno doesn't ever kick a dog, and I think that like <laughs> that has to do with Iraqi's artistic growth, but also is a real missed opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Just kidding. If Jorno kicked a dog. Nobody would like him. Well, no, as long as he didn't sell that dog's puppies drugs. Good point. I mean, he could kick Seko. Yeah. Yeah. See? (laughs) There's a dog that one could kick. You know, like, that's the thing. I just think uh, maybe I don't see enough of the influence of of Dio. But I really like that pose. I like the opening. Uh, I think that's the one that actually has the, like, pacing and momentum of an opening. The layering of the music. Yeah over time works really well. The problem is that like, like Courtney was saying, like it, it is very clearly like the full version. Yeah. And it's all well and good to like build up to a full version. If you're not doing it for like 20 episodes or whatever, or it's like, all right, well we have to watch the other. Whereas like with, with great days, like the first one was good. Yeah. Right. The first one is amazing. And then when you find out that it's not really because because that is also one where like the full version is really the rewind one, which is right. like which you only know once you see yeah. it because you're like, oh, that's why they're all standing that way, blah, blah, blah. Like, but the the non rewound version or whatever is so good that you never think like, wow, there's clearly something. Yeah. Here. 
Yeah, I still, I will, I think, be curious until I die and like about the staff changes and production flow changes that resulted in such a difference between parts four and five. Agreed. Because um, I mean, obviously, like, I, I, I'm sure that they like, you know, worked as hard as they could with whatever resources yeah. they had. So I'm just obviously like, I don't think it by any chance is like an intentional, like, well, we're just going to slack off. Yeah. Like, I think I want to know what prevented them from from cranking out the qu- the level of material. I know yeah. that that studio can make. So that's all. Yeah. Also, part five is weak. It's a tougher story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it a lot. But I love it a lot for like reasons of potential. Like, yeah. And which you see in some of the, the Sleeping Slaves story, the uh, which is like the kind of backstory thing that gets slapped into the middle of this episode and also like... The next episode. Yeah. Obviously. I, I think that like these characters and this world had so so much potential and Iraqi spent a lot spent an entire arc basically like writing a prequel for a story that he never actually tells. Yeah, like the the season of JoJo's about like Giorno Giovanna, mafia boss, like I think would have a lot more different kinds of directions to it than this season. Yeah. Where it gets, I mean, for all that, like, the big differences are the kinds of villains that yeah. attack them. Or, like... Which is, I think we're back in, like, part three territory. Exactly. Like, well, what tarot card do you represent? You know, like, it's like, okay. And I think, I think, like, you know, Courtney, you've been saying since the beginning that, like, it would have been more interesting if they had legitimately tried to climb the ranks. Yeah. And, you know, fought stand battles when they reach the top of the rank or whatever. And then we can learn about how you can't actually change a system from the inside. Right. You know, and, cool. And like if they had done that <laughs> or if they had just done like a lot of these little anecdotes Vignettes, that we see. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that there, so I think there was a lot of potential. And again, like I love Ventorio. Like I am a Ventorio apologist. Like, but it's it is it's a weaker part. Yeah. Um, so so what happens in this episode? Sorry. Well, first we find out what happened to Diavolo, right? right? Like it's like we it opens on a restaurant, then it cuts back over to the end of Diavolo, and where it continues to be like I'm like, am I supposed to feel bad for him? I don't. I think if you were like, which character in part five alone deserves to, to be, be trapped forever in an infinite cycle of death? I don't know that Diavolo would break. I mean, he'd be in the top ten, but I don't even know it's if he'd Chocolata. break top five. Yeah, Chocolata, yeah. clearly. And and I think <laughs> so. First, let's explain what happens. So, yeah. Gold Experience Requiem is the opposite of King Crimson. Right. It's just King the Crimson, snippets that don't happen. Right. right. King Crimson is the effect without the cause. So you see the end result, but you don't see what happens to get there. You delete that. Yeah. Gold Experience Requiem is the cause without the effect. So in this case, Diavolo is dying forever, but he never actually dies. And it never so the way Jorno puts yeah. that right. So the way Jorno puts that is he never like finds the truth or reaches the truth. Right. Well, because like for Diavolo trying to use King Crimson, he still sees himself as achieving the thing he's trying to achieve, but because of Gold Experience Requiem, he's never going to get there. Like, it's never right. going to happen. And instead, he's just going to die. So he's just, like, edging himself to literally to death yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah. It's... it's Death edging. Yeah. Dedging. For eternity. Yeah. Dedging. <laughs> we invented a new... <laughs> Sorry, I said that only to make Darius happy. I, yeah. 
It's, he does that all day, every <laughs> day. Terrible. Just combines um, words. If you'll recall his well-established character trait of being prideful from <laughs> 30 minutes ago. Right. I guess it's supposed to be more meaningful because he's dying in a lot of ways that he considers like beneath him. Right. So like, oh, I can't die like this. Like, am I really going to die in such a stupid way? He gets like, hit by getting a car. Getting hit by a car because I was scared by a puppy. Like, by that a, kind of thing. Dog, yeah. And very like the beginning of the good place. If you've seen the good place, right, where it's like right. you were killed in the shopping mall by a cart full of skinny girl margarita mix, you know, like right. just embarrassing deaths. And like, but here's the thing <laughs> is, and I said, I said we would speak about this at great length and we're about to. Diavolo is a poorly written villain. Yes. And here's part of why. Part of why is not just because of him, but because of what happens to him. Araki came up with the most fucked up thing to happen to a person that he has come up with so far. Yeah, this is like way worse than being launched into space and being remaining conscious and choosing right. to become inert because you're so bored. Right. Like being this is worse than being bored because you are being violently killed over and over again. You're tortured forever. forever. Yeah, you're tortured. Torture. Forever. Yeah, like having to live through an autopsy yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is the worst thing. Diavolo is not the worst person we've encountered unless you go by this season's batshit logic, which is that literally the worst thing you can do on Earth is sell drugs to children. But then also Leaky Iluka deserved this death too, right? Right. In theory, yes. And, so he got right. off easy by being hit in the head with his own shovel. Right. And like, like Home Alone this, style. But like, <laughs> there is no like justice Chocolata. in this universe is what we're saying. You have like Chocolata who like – yeah tortured people and like took videos of like elderly patients he was literally torturing to death right like, he did all that shit. shit to um the two the people yeah he's he turned them into slices sorbet of, and gelato yeah. yeah also just commits terrorism like yeah all, like at yeah. random yeah, wide scale yeah like this dude's a piece of shit right like we have and like, like kira would be like cool kira. it cool yeah it, yeah right dude. at least save their hands <laughs> Kira is also an example of like someone who is more kind of villainous than yeah. Diavolo. Well, and Kira's death is like deservedly mundane, right? Because Kira yeah. thought he was so great and so smart and got away with everything. And so he just gets hit in the head with a car. Yeah. Sure. Like, fine. But like, it, it's weird to me that like Diavolo has gone from like, I just want to get away with it and like have power over the people to suddenly like, I care about how good I look while doing that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like to me, I'm just like Iraqi. You came up with this really, really fucked up thing to do, and then you wasted it on this villain who like is just so basic. Yeah, definitely the coolest thing about Diavolo is how he gets punished, like yeah. hands down. Oh yeah, and like it's really cool. Like we we didn't talk about this last time, but like it's cool that Jorno doesn't control it. Like I don't <laughs> think he would. He wouldn't choose to do this. He's clearly pretty fucked up about it. Yeah, I, I this is where it's like I the fact that stands are aliens. It's like I'm glad that got established because otherwise, like, like I love that that gold experience can just have conversations and is like, oh yeah, Jorno doesn't know. I like yeah. these, these stands are definitely Rod Serling Twilight Zone aliens because they have a sense of irony. They're like, yeah. they're like we have come to your planet to deliver ironic punishments to you, <laughs> custom tailored. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, this also honestly, what this is is like 
from like Diavolo's fate onward, even including Sleeping Slaves. We're now in, we are at dinner with Kashibe Rohan and he's telling us stories, yes. territory. Yes. Like this Absolutely. is clearly just, Araki couldn't crank out enough the spoke Kashibe Rohan issues and like worked some of them in here. I agree. Uh, that may actually have been what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with Sleeping Slaves. Because, like, I don't know what, a, you know, he could have ended the arc with this battle. No, yeah. I mean, if Sleeping Slaves was, like, instead it was, like, somehow some sixth member of the gang that we never met had to, like, hang out and drink blood on top of a fridge forever or something, I would be <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that, Fuck, I forgot about that. That fits. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, yeah. it's just weird, ominous Twilight Zone episodes, which is I love. Yeah. I super duper yeah. love. I'm not at all complaining. I'm not even complaining about like Diavolo's end. I agree with you, Elis, that I don't think he's good enough for it. Like, he's not cool enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like That's a good that way of itself it. is super cool. And it's like I think it like is Yeah. But again, it's that thing where it's like, but it's not even Giorno. Like I'm not even getting anything about Giorno's personality well, or character also from also it. Also the, the the whole thing well, the whole thing where it happens in the frozen time and there's like all the the infinite mirror diavolos i don't know like it the whole stop time blood in the eyes rewinding stuff like it was hard to read in a similar way that it is literally hard to read the fights in the mangas yeah yeah it took me a while to figure out what's going on and again like i guess at this point it's not even giorno fighting it's gold experience requiem fighting i think that this fucked up punishment is part of giorno's personality and i think that's why it's It's like a manifestation of it yeah. yeah, because I think that he – it's not something he's proud of, which is why I think that he literally hides it. <laughs> he's like, I'm literally not going to tell you what just happened. Um, but, like, I think that it is like a – you know, he is part Dio. Yeah. He he has got some, some darkness in there. And I think, like – and he's very powerful. And, and what this is is – and also this is about, like, kind of the luck of the draw, like, Giorno has suddenly ended up with a villain stand. Yes, hands down, a bad guy stand. Like, so we've talked about this a little bit in terms of Fugo. Um, Okiyasu. Pur- yeah. In with- Purple Haze and Okiyasu's The Hand. Um, those are both clearly villain stands. Like, they can't really use them because they're too scary and there's too much risk of fucking it up and killing people. And yeah, this is definitely not one where you're like, well, but there's a healing side. You know, like there's nothing. It's just, yeah. I'm just, oh, when I get mad, I can punch someone and trap them in infinite cycles of dying. Yeah. But in a good way. Like there's no, yeah, you know, no. alternative. And, and I think like Jorna, what we're seeing, like we didn't see Fugo or Okuyasu get their stands. But like what we're seeing is basically like Jorno's first moment of like finding out that his stand is now a villain stand. Yeah. And he's like, whoops. You know, we didn't see like Okiyasu accidentally erase like a bully's leg at school. That's or true. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so this means though that like for Trish, she's still never going to feel like her dad's gone. Yes. She even says, yes. she's like, wait, but he's up. here, right? I can I tell can he's alive. Tell he's yeah. alive. And, and Jorno's like, don't worry about it. He's alive, but not really. You know, like, but so that doesn't like rem- he's alive, but, but it's right. But, narr- <laughs> but yeah, but narratively, like, what it means is that Trish is always going to have that feeling in the back of her head that her dad is somewhere out there. I mean, that's actually legitimately interesting, and like, I yeah, agree. 
Yep, checks out. <laughs> I feel bad for Trish. Yeah. Yeah. But then after that, where it's like, okay, well, he's alive, but you don't have to worry about him anymore. Now let's go back to this prequel that's better than the season. You know, like. <laughs> well, they go to, they go, they're on their way to look for Bruno. Yeah, and, and Jorno Bruno, just can't is, communicate. He's just like. Well, no, he's just fried. He's just like, I can't give any more. Yeah, and he's just like, I'll just go with them and they'll find out he's dead by seeing his body, yeah. you know. I guess. Yeah. And then it's, and then it's just back to, uh, what do humans taste like? Abakia was convinced, by the way. Yeah. Vegetarians. <laughs> yeah, he's sold on Mista's logic. He's like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love when, when, of course, when Narancha's like, but I eat mostly vegetables. And, and, and Abaki's like, don't egg him on. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> it's Sorry, like, mom. At some point, like, Mista says something and Fugo's just like, <sighs> like I missed yeah. their this dynamic. Is, this is also when, when Mista's like, or is it Fugo? One of them is like, you're going to be a capo someday, Bruno. And it's like, oh, yeah, in like Fugo. 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Fugo. Because, yeah, I remember that. So then we get the, like, did you ever see the 1978 American cinema classic The Godfather? Because a Rocky has. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> so many shots and just, like, all the beats and pacing. And it's like, yes, this is, like, a Rocky's Godfather fan Bruno's, Bruno's like, you come to me on this. The, the day, day of the, my the daughter's day wedding. The day of wedding. Yeah, right? Like... <laughs> And the guy is like, I believe in Italy. I, you know, like it's, like it's just, it's very. The Italian dream. Yeah. It's very that. Um, There's even like getting down on his knees and kissing yeah, with, Bruno's hand. With the sunlight know. behind it, which is also, yeah. you know, like the classic. Um, and yet also not the shot from the opening, which yeah. in my hand is still Mr. Kissing Giorno's hand. I don't, I don't yeah. care if it's not. It just is. It just Sorry. is. Sorry. Um everyone but yeah and then it's time instead of like how do we pick up this arrow on the ground it's like stop being chased by a rock yeah what is the rock the bad luck ominous rock it is ominous it's it is very ominous yeah. i think it's it's actually the creepiest thing to me is how they act like it's all supposed to be on that pedestal like when it appears on mista's seat yeah. i'm like so not only can it follow you it can also convince you that it's always been there it's reminding me of Dawn from Buffy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that this sculptor is like, I'm going to take a rock and I'm going to carve the word bad luck into it. That's going to be my art. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's great art. Yeah. And then I'm going to. It represents bad luck. makes you think. It represents bad luck. And then I'm going to take a picture of a bee and make it look like it has the soul of a <laughs> butterfly. Like, it's just very. Um, it's high concept. Yeah, very high concept. It's almost it's beyond me. But yeah, really. so but so this this um this florist's story is uh is a Kashibe Rohan chiller right. with the the girl who who starts dating some random older artist and then won't go meet her parents. A, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, dude, but every single parent says that our child definitely was not suicidal. You yeah, know, like oh no, we know she never would have done that. Yeah, yes, it's like I. I maybe I want to hear it from like her best friend or something, yeah. not from you. Now I'm like, you know? well, are we saying that like was she in custody by the police when it happened? Because then I was like, I might listen to you, but otherwise, it's like, yeah, of course your kid didn't tell you. Also, her boyfriend was like a really bad artist, <laughs> right? Yeah, like all he did was make rocks and write bad luck on them. Yeah, maybe that's why she became so depressed. Yeah, she was like, why did I throw my my lot in with this guy? He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now Mist is getting followed around by it. I think it's funny that it just like appears places. I like to imagine it traveling, just like rolling itself oh, along, yeah. pushing the elevator button. That's how I think of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it becomes the shape of somebody and then pushes the elevator button yeah. as that person. Um, I like that Mrs. First rock. reaction to anything is to just shoot it. There's a rock. Shoot it. Not bad. Yeah. This is how Mr. Stays Alive. Bad omen rock. But yeah. And yeah, before he has Jorno to put him back together again, he has to shoot everything. Because, yeah, he's going to die at any time. Thank God those two meet in like a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do learn that. <laughs> Like at the end of this, like Fugo gets sent to go investigate Leaky Eye Luca's death. I like the little, right. uh, you know, it's nice a little like, you know, how he ties it in back to the first episode. Like that's cool. Yeah, Leaky Eye Luca. Who did you know he even sells drugs to kids? Piece of shit! What a jerk! He deserved it. He deserved a lot worse. He deserved to be stuck in an eternal torture chamber of death. Well, if only they he had. Sold, the... He sold a joint to a fourteen-year-old once. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Eternal torment for him. <laughs> that's all it I takes. I mean, I like to think that if Jorno had Gold Experience Requiem on him at the time, everyone would have. He would have done that to Leaky Iluka. Oh, Koichi would have ended up. Ah. Uh, 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 what is no, Koichi's ironic if, death? If that happened, Yukako would have murdered Jorno. Yeah. Like that would have just Sorry, been it doesn't a matter if he has gold experience like, requiem. Yukako would have killed him. This is like an endless like rock paper. Yeah, scissors. I know. Yeah. Just escalating forever. Yeah. Oh, poor Koichi. I feel like Koichi's ironic death would probably just be like fucked to death by Yukako in some <laughs> embarrassing way. But also also because we've established <laughs> he has that this to pee himself. Since we know <laughs> since we know that this really is a five-day-long arc. Yeah. Like, when Diavolo dies, like, Koichi probably still is in Italy, like, trying to, like, yeah. call the consulate and get a, a Waiting on passport. his passport, yeah. Maybe one of the ways that Diavolo dies is that Koichi, like, accidentally kills him somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just sees Koichi, and he's like, anything involving this kid is going to be extremely embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and then something happens, and, and he dies. Yeah. Just, like, Koichi's pocket full of marbles, like, it's a scene. Yeah. <laughs> Torn, yeah. and then there's a banana peel and a kid licking a lollipop, and it's just like a, yeah. and a roller skate, a single roller skate, yeah, yeah just <laughs> all of it in a row. And that results in like Diavolo dead while pulling Koichi's pants down or something. You know, like it's just the whole thing. <laughs> it's just the worst. <sighs> Man, I wish that had been included. I know, really. Like I could do like five more episodes of just Diavolo dying and. Re- more and more we ridiculous ways. We could have seen like at least like five ways. Yeah. Well, and also the ways I feel like they're very uneven, like stabbed to death by someone who's like tripping so hard they don't even really know what's going on does not line up with sentient autopsy. Well, like no, that is but, just like so much worse. No, but the stab to death is specifically supposed to be ironic because of the those drugs. are the drugs yes. that his organization I totally sold, right? I totally get that but I'm saying that that is not nearly as like terrifying and painful as being awake during an autopsy. Well the other weird thing But I don't think I think the autopsy he might have been that was related to Yeah, it. that's the other thing is like the the stab to death in the sewer Leads the, autopsy, to the autopsy the autopsy mentions that he was stabbed to death in the yeah. sewer but then it just goes to random deaths from there. Well, I think that we're supposed to maybe take from it that, like, has an autopsy-ish experience at the end of every 
incident, even if we only see one. The, I love the colors during all his deaths, too. Yeah, I yeah, so really like... I like the woman, the autopsy woman. I want a story about her. I like the, yeah, the, the palette swap on him when he's on the autopsy table. I was like, I would much prefer the this cold color blue. way with like the, yeah. the purple and the sort of white... Also, they don't do autopsies on random corpses. At least not in, in Japan. Must have a much bigger budget. Yeah, but if you look like that, they probably do just for fun. <laughs> <you know? laughs> just like showed up in the river. I guess this guy's dead. Um, and then they just tag it and bury it. They don't. They don't do anything. Sorry. My dreams are crushed. I know, I right? That, like it's so much Diavolo. But if you found someone who looked like Diavolo, I think. People would do it. That's it. Yeah, be I like, guess something's got to be. I have to find to explain this somehow. <laughs> and then you start a podcast on it. Why does he have Dalmatians bots in his hair? I mean, quick, do an autopsy. If the autopsy to find could out. explain it, then I support it. <laughs> but yeah, and then that's it. We we end still back in the past with the mysterious rock in an elevator. Dun dun dun. Right, Mister shoots, and it, it looks like shoots. Bruno. Yes, it turns into looking like that's Bruno. Yes. Mister is haunted by balls. That's. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the end. The end. Uh, <laughs> end of episode. Great. <laughs> it does kind of remind me of like the the rocks in um in the end credits where there. I mean, there are no end credits in this episode, but the ones where there all the stands are carved out of stone. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's- oh yeah. So the end credits with the Enigma song with all of like the carved um, stands and stuff. Uh, since the beginning, there's been a weird ball at the bottom of that entire sequence and that weird ball is the weird ball from sleeping slaves which makes sense because it is chronologically the first thing that happens to the crew yeah so which is great yeah so it's been there the whole time sleeping slaves is is good yeah. yes it's good better than the season i hill I yeah will i was worried we'll have oh i i agree we'll have more to say next episode yeah. because it's more meaty and it will be but, the last episode yeah, yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora, Ora, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that Mista imagines he would leave for vegetarian human flesh. 